We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you guys about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. With the third pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select LaMelo Ball from Chino Hills, California. TJ. Oh, my goodness! Stunning! With the... Devontae Oh, my goodness! I don't believe it! I'm 35 already! All right, everyone. Welcome to another BuzzBeat, your Charlotte Hornets podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This is Richie, and today's episode is brought to you guys by Indeed and Bet Online. I know we're several games into the NBA season so far, uh, but we're going to take a quick break from our normal episode format. And joining us today will be Ashley Strohline, sports anchor and reporter of WCNC Charlotte. Ashley, first, thanks for taking the time out today. And, and secondly, how's everything going with you? Yeah, well, I'm just so excited that we're here talking about the current NBA season. I'm Super thankful that we've got it going. I mean, we've been through so much in 2020, so I, I'm just happy. Anybody who wants to talk sports, I'm here for it. So, <laughs> How was your Christmas? It was great. I was, again, really lucky. My um, mom lives about four hours away, so she was able to, to drive down and spend Christmas Eve and Christmas with me. So we had a nice time. How was yours? It's good. It's good. I have a, I have a two year old. So this was like his first Christmas where he kind of took it all in because his first couple of Christmases, he just he just didn't really understand what was going on. So but uh, this was like the first time he was actually opening presents by himself and we put out milk and cookies for him. So 
he uh, he kind of is putting things together. So yeah, <laughs> fun age. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Before we get into the Hornets, I want to know a little bit more about you. And I, I do this with our guests that we haven't had on before. I did some snooping on LinkedIn, but there's only so much that I can gather from that. And I'm sure you you can paint a better picture of yourself than that LinkedIn page. Um, it looks like you graduated from Radford and, and went into some teaching or at least the education field. I'm actually an elementary school teacher. So I'm interested in to, you know, why or how you got into education. Yeah, well, for anyone who ever looks me up on LinkedIn, I might remember to log in once every three months, so, <laughs> but, I, but I try to keep it updated. So uh, yeah, so I'm a Virginia girl. I went to Radford and I, my degree is actually in math. So people hear that and they're like, wait, you're a sports reporter, but you you got a degree in math and you used to teach high school. And I'm like, look, we do stats in sports. So my degree still comes into play. Um, but yeah, so I, um, I grew up in a really small town, kind of dreamed of doing what I'm doing now, but it was just kind of how to get from point A to point B. And as you know, in life, nothing is, is linear. So I went to school, got my degree in math uh, with a concentration in education. And I literally highlighted a map up and down the East coast of, of cities. I would be okay moving to that brought me to Statesville. Um, that was my first job offer. I was like, I'm going to take it. I don't want to risk it. And I moved there and, and, and taught high school math and coached basketball and track. And then was like, okay, I'm in Charlotte. We have a lot of sports teams, radio stations, TV stations. There's a ton of opportunity. How can I make something happen? And I ended up going back to one of the broadcasting schools. So I was teaching during the day, doing night class, and then interning on the weekends. And finally, I got to a point where after my internship, I basically, at the time I was at WBTV, and I was like, look, I'm just going to stay here till you find a job for me. And that ended up being editing a, a new news show that they were launching. So I would teach high school during the day, drive to the city at night, edit the newscast. Uh, really, I wanted to be in sports. So I would hang out with her, the sports director, who was Delano Little, and and learn as much as I could from him. And eventually that led from part-time news editing to, okay, I can't chase the dream and teach. So I resigned from teaching. I, I w- went through that whole school year. I was working uh, with Mady, Roy, and Loren. I would edit their morning show on KISS 95.1. I would edit of the evenings at BTV. Finally got to move to part-time sports, then full-time sports, which brings me to where I am now. And that's full-time with Nick Carboni over at NBC Charlotte. So Charlotte has been a dream for me. Now, becoming a sports reporter, was that always a goal of yours? Like, So why did you concentrate in math and education instead of like communication studies in college? Yeah. So I literally, I think I talked so much as a kid. Uh, it was just my mom and I growing up and she bought me a tape recorder, like cassette tapes. Uh, that's my era. And um, I literally, <laughs> little, we can go go back and play them. And then you hear me doing play by play, um, but also you can hear me running through the house and acting out what I'm telling you is happening. So I think it was, you know, always a dream, but when you're from such a small town, you just you don't really know what's out there until you leave. Um, I was really good at math, so I had no idea really what I wanted to do. And when I picked a major, I said, well, math comes easy to me. I'll just, right. I'll major in that. And I'm lucky I have that. I, I don't take it for granted. I have that degree to you know fall back on or use or whatever, but um, I'm super thankful that I just, you know, went for it once I got to Charlotte and, and saw some kind of path to, to start the dream and, and I'm, I'm super grateful. So yeah. And my story's a little crazy when people are like, so what market were you in before? Where were you doing sports before? I'm like, yeah, high school math teacher. They're like, right. what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it also looks like 
you know, based off of your LinkedIn, that you've also yeah. worked as a sideline reporter for the NFL Network. Um, I asked Nick Carboni this when he came on our pod not too long ago, but can you tell us what sport, now be honest, what sport do you love covering the most? Is it the NFL? Uh, no, I had to learn to love football. Not that I didn't enjoy it and like it, but I grew up in a basketball town. Like I played basketball my whole life. My mom coached. We didn't have a football team. My school was so small. We, tr- My high school, we tried to have a, a football team in the early 90s, but we were one loss away from the state record of most consecutive losses. And our AD was like, yeah, that's it. We're done. You want to play football? You can go do it at one of the neighboring schools. So, um, so yeah, I just grew up on basketball. So I have no problem saying that it will always have my heart. There's like pictures of me as a kid with a regulation size basketball before I can walk. And I'm like, mom, like, what were you doing? But But I love football and and I am super grateful. I I did get to do um, pre pandemic, the NFL network picked up conference USA football. I got to do some sideline reporting. That was a a new experience for me. So I love it all. And and there's something about every sport that when I leave a game, I'm like, okay, like that was cool. Or I really enjoyed that telling that story. But for me, it's, it's always going to be basketball. Well, cool. So I, I know that being a sports reporter isn't as glamorous as I'm sure many people think it is. No. <laughs> uh, and you were you were just talking about the grind that you were on between you know being a high school teacher and then at night doing this. I'm not sure where you got your sleep from, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So what's what's one thing about the sports media world that maybe you would want to change or that you dislike, or or maybe something about it that the regular person just might not know. Well, it's funny uh, when we get interns or people who want to come in and shadow, I really want them to get the real feel for what my daily routine is like. And I think a lot of people just have this like misconception that I just show up and I get hair and makeup done and someone writes the script and I'm, I'm just repeating it when with my role, it's I do my hair and makeup. I shoot all most of the time. I shoot all my stuff. Like tonight, I'm going to go live at Spectrum Center. Um, I'm going to do all that myself. I'm going to set up the gear. I'm going to set up the live shot. Um, I also edit everything. I write my scripts, the lower thirds that you see when you watch it. I put those in. So usually I'm running around like a crazy lady. There's uh, many of times in after the B block in the commercial break before sports, I'm sprinting down the hallway because I'm still editing something that is just ended. So I think sometimes you know, people who don't work in the industry or or have friends in the industry, they just really think it's a very glamorous job. And, you know, your outfits picked out for you and, you know, everything's done. And when you get to the top, sure, there are some perks, right? Some, some nice things that come along with it, but it's still, you have to know your stuff. You you get called out really quickly if, if you don't know it. So you have to research, you have to study. And, and for those of us in local sports, I mean, you really, learn to do about every role possible. So yeah, I would want people to know all of that. And especially people who want to get into the business, it's a lot of hard work. So you learn really quickly if you love it or not. And for me, I love it. I, I mean, there are some days where I'm exhausted or I'm like, wow, carrying that tripod. Whew, I don't know. I don't know. But, but for me, it's worth it because I, I wouldn't trade it for, you know, trade anything for what I do. So. Well, very good. Okay. Before we get into some Hornets talk, let, let's take a break yeah. real quick. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. 
And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria, and you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager on than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are back. Uh, let's talk about some Hornets here. You've actually been covering the NBA scene, I'm sure, back with the Bobcats days as well. Is that is that correct? Well, I was living in Charlotte uh, when they were the Bobcats, so my first game was during a, a very rough era when we yeah. didn't win a whole lot of games. So yeah. <laughs> And I was there for a little bit. I, I think I had just transitioned into sports and I got, I had like my first ticket when they came back to being the Hornets. So um, that was a really cool time to be here for, but yeah, the, the Bobcats era, we can just leave that. <laughs> so yeah, you've definitely been through plenty of ups and downs, plenty of coaches, plenty of players. You've, you've seen it all. Uh, I want to start with James Borrego. What are your thoughts on him as a, as a person, as well as a, as a coach and how he's been able to kind of connect with these younger players? Yeah, I love having conversations with JB. I just, I feel like he really gets how to connect to people and, and bring out the best in them. And I think, um, I mean, obviously that's something that he studied and he's, you know, he came through the ranks and has been under a lot of great coaches. And of course comes, you know, study under coach pop. And we all saw what he was able to do in San Antonio. So I, you know, I'm a fan. I do think it's kind of, you can only do so much with what you have on your roster, but I also think, you know, get to that point where you're no longer the new guy in town, right? And what are you going to do? And how are we going to get to the playoffs and that kind of thing? So I'm excited to see what he does this season. Um, I think it's nice that we have a little bit of hype around the the Hornets that we haven't had in a while with LaMelo and, and Gordon being here. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens, but, but I'm a fan. I think it's, um, I think he's been a great addition to Charlotte, both on and off the court. Yeah. It's one of those things where he was brought in and, and they kept using this term player development, right? Like develop these young players, but he came in in his first year, he had Kimball Walker on the team. So it's one of those things where he was probably asked to push for the playoffs while at the same time trying to develop some of the younger players. And those kind of don't go hand in hand. So to your point, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to judge sometimes a coach when he is stacked with a roster full of very young players. Like, is it the coach that that's struggling? Is it the players that are working through their ups and downs? But everything that I've seen from him, I, I really do like him. I enjoy talking to him on those media availabilities. He just seems like he knows what he's talking about. And he also just seems he comes across as a good guy as well. 
I want to take a look back on last season with Devontae Graham and his emergence. Uh, he came out of nowhere, right? Like he yeah. did not realize that he was going to put up these numbers. He shot the ball really well from from deep. He was able to pass the ball really well with ease. He just lifted this Hornets team when he was out there on the court. What did you make of his play last season? And were you a little bit surprised that he actually wasn't one of the three finalists for the NBA's most improved player? Yeah, I mean, I think it was great to see Devontae get his chance to to finally shine, right? He was behind Kimba. You also had Tony Parker on the roster. And so with both of those guys leaving, it was like, all right, bud, like your turn. Let's see what you got. And I think we were all really impressed with once he got the playing time, how much his numbers increased and, and what he was able to do. And I know I was heartbroken for him. I really wanted him to get most improved, but you know, we even saw Luca take to Twitter and say, take my name off. Like I, it, it should go to Devonte and, and D Wade spoke out about it. And a lot of people, I mean, he was trending on social media. Like why did he not win this award? And, and I know it was something he really wanted. Um, so I, I think the award should go to someone like that, right? Like, you're going to have people who are going to be just getting the playing time from the jump and you're going to see them get most improved and and that kind of thing. But for me, what he did once he got the playing time, that's what that award should, should be about. Yeah. I think some people say that like he shouldn't have gotten it because he was a second year player. He didn't get a lot of play time in his rookie season. So it's kind of hard to judge that improvement, but I'm with you. I I think that just, just the tremendous jump in in the points per game and the assist and everything that he did for that team. And you look at some of the numbers when he was off the court, the Hornets team did not perform um, that great. I think he came in fifth. I think he came in fifth. Yeah. So clearly not in the top three. And then, like you said, Luca, I think was in third place. He was saying, take my name off. LeBron even mentioned, Devontae's name at some, at some point. So clearly the attention is now on him. I think a lot of opposing teams know that the scouting p- report is going to be centered around him. And, you know, despite his play last season, the Hornets still finished outside of the Orlando bubble. Uh, but they did luck into some fortune uh, recently with the third overall pick. And they selected LaMelo Ball. And he's already he's already shown the fans that he's a really good passer on the NBA level. And uh, many are hoping that he turns his franchise around and is a player that Charlotte can kind of build around. I have two questions for you as it relates to LaMelo Ball here. First question is, what do you make of the attention that he receives and the Ball family receives? Do you think that's actually going to help, you know, get more eyes on the Charlotte Hornets? I mean, I think it already has, right? right? Like, I'm I'm seeing TMZ come out with, like, what Dad's saying. Like, play my son more or whatever it is, right? He's always going to be in a, in a headline. I don't know if that's a great thing. I, I would want to stay away from TMZ, but it still has people talking about you. Right. and. And you look at, you know, LaMelo, just looking at his social media alone, how many followers he has, and that's attention that you're bringing to the franchise. So I think it's a good thing. I think it's fun to log on to social media and see ESPN tweeting out a clip of LaMelo knocking down a three or, you know, making an awesome pass. So I think it's it's nice to see our name, you know, the Hornets name in the national media conversation. Um, and if that's because LaMelo's on the team, then, you know, let's, I'll take it. <laughs> right. Some people say, you know, there's never such thing as bad publicity, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Hornets are in uh, a dire need of, of attention on the national scale. And going back to the previous topic that we just talked about, that's probably a big reason why Devonte wasn't even in the conversation among kind of national media members, because, People don't watch the Hornets. So so hopefully right. LaMelo Ball can kind of bring that attention to Charlotte. And then my second question as it relates to LaMelo so far, I know he's not received a ton of playing time in the regular season, but we did see him in preseason a little bit more. What have you seen so far about him on the court? Uh, and do you think he eventually starts for this team? 
Well, we all love the passes, right? He right. just some things that some of the looks and the passes, everyone's just like, wait a second. Like I have people, we obviously in, in local media, you share highlights with your affiliates and your sister stations. I literally got a request, just want some awesome mellow passes. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's been fun to watch. Um, you know, the shot, I don't think it's a pretty shot, but he, you know, has some nights where, where he makes it work and it goes in. And I think maybe, you know, not scoring in his first regular season game or preseason game. I think maybe that was just nerves, just figuring it out. Maybe he doesn't have nerves because he's played professionally before, but I, I think, you know, being out there on the NBA court is a little bit different, but then you saw him shake that off and, and in limited minutes had double digits in scoring. So I, I, I think there's some fun things. I think obviously as a rookie, there's some things he's got to develop his brother in the off season worked on his shot. The form looks so much better now. Maybe we do that with LaMelo. I don't know. I just don't think the shot's pretty, but if it goes in, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then um, as far as I'm getting more playing time, I think eventually, right. If he can, like there was a moment against in the home opener against the thunder where he kind of caught a little bit of fire. He knocked down some threes, got some buckets to go. And Devontae came in for him because that's just part of the rotation right. that Coach Bruno was doing. And Lamella was like, wait, me, me? right now? Like, <laughs> I'm feeling good right now. Like, you want me to come out of the game? So, um, and I know that's just part of what the plan is, but I think eventually I do think his minutes increase. You know, I, I think maybe it's, okay, you're the rookie. You're the young guy. We're going to ease you into it. This is part of the rotation I want to do, but if he goes out there and performs and brings that energy that his teammates also talk about, I don't see how you don't play more. Right. And I, I think there's like a lot of random like Hornets fans coming out of the woodwork, but I actually think they're LaMelo fans like and, and to the previous point that we were just talking about. Like, I think a lot of people want LaMelo to play because he's the third overall pick because he's a ball like and everything they can do with the you know, the ball in his hands. He can pass the ball very well. It's an interesting dichotomy because you do have Borrego who's trying to nurture these young players, but then we also signed Gordon Hayward. So it's like you're pushing for the playoffs. So maybe you're trying to have Devonte Graham play a little bit more than Lamelo, but it's going to be interesting how those minutes are allocated towards the end of the year. I guess a lot will depend on kind of where the Hornets are in the standings, right? Like if they're probably out of the the playoff race, maybe Lamelo gets more playing time, or who knows? Who knows? All right, before we get into a little bit of rapid fire, what has been your most memorable moment or story that you've had on the Hornets beat in all the years that you've covered? Not just this year or this offseason, just is there a memorable moment that you have uh, while either working at WCNC or anywhere uh, in the media world? You know, that's tough for me because I feel like at this point I've racked up some pretty great moments that I'm always going to hold near and dear to my heart. One would be, just a moment in general would be getting to go to Paris and cover the NBA Paris game. Um, That experience, just seeing how the NBA is received, you know, overseas and and in Europe, we have a lot of players now that are coming over here and making it in the league. So, I mean, there wasn't an empty seat in the arena. That was a really awesome experience. And just to see the team over there and, and enjoying, you know, being in Paris and, and everything that the NBA had set up for that, that whole week, that was a great experience. As far as stories, um, one that sticks out to me was when I was first starting out and the Hornets held an event with the Special Olympics and Kimba was there helping out and he talked to us about it. That moment will always, anytime I can show how a team or a player is giving back, that's probably going to take the top for me. So that was great. Um, Two other ones that come to mind. I know you asked for one, but I I can never pick just one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know, you know, a lot of people, didn't love the Nick Batum era, but I did get to cover an event when he was at a local school and he went there to kind of 
um, spend some time with the kids in the gym, but also in the classroom. And, and kids were so excited that a Charlotte Hornet was at their school. I'm talking when he offered to take pictures and sign things, kids were running, like pulling their tennis shoe off of their foot and running up to Nico just to get an autograph. So for me, it was kind of like, okay, this is the impact that these players have in our community. So that was really cool to see. And my last one would be, I used to do a segment called On the Go with Stro. And Super Hugo taught me how to dunk. So I had a whole lesson at the practice facility, running, jumping off the trampoline and dunking the ball. And I didn't leave until I finally got one. So <laughs> those would be my most memorable moments, more than you asked for. But yeah. those are the ones that come to mind. <laughs> I, I could have sworn, Ashley, it was going to be what happened on our Zoom call the other day after the well, Cleveland game. <laughs> that would be like most uh, one I want to forget the most. I have, I have not, I was waiting for that to happen on a zoom call hadn't happened. And I was just like, wait a second, what, what's going on? And I wanted to say something. I'm like, gosh, I think we're hacked or I think there's people yeah. in here that, you know, aren't supposed to be here. And it just spiraled. When, it first ha- <laughs> when, it, when the first like song came on or, or something came on, I just thought maybe someone had like a, a misstep and they like they were playing music in the background. But then eventually we kind of caught on that there was people in our Zoom call that should not have been. It was crazy. It was it was wild. Finally, like I went to like I usually pin the video because I don't want people popping up. And finally, I was like, wait, I need to unpin what's going on. And then all the different things that were popping up in boxes. I was like, I'm out. Like I got to go. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, that was definitely memorable. memorable. But probably in the, that, that is definitely memorable. <laughs> but in the wrong direction there. So let's actually yeah. get into some rapid fire questions as we end this podcast here. Um, I'm not going to hold you to any of these responses. So if these don't okay. come out to be true, I, I'm not going to hold you. Um, so fun way to end this episode. Who will be the leading scorer on the Hornets this season? I'm going Terry or Gordon. One of the two. You, you, know, gotta, you, know, know, you gotta choose. You gotta choose. Terry's showing out, right? But maybe... <laughs> What'd you say? I said, you got to, you got to choose. You can't, you can't, you can't. No, you see, and let me tell you this, ask anybody that's worked with me. I hate predictions. Yeah. Like, like I'm like Switzerland. That's what they call me. I just don't get involved. I'm here to be peace. Um, gosh, I don't know. I, w- I mean, for me, it's between the two of them. I'm going to go Gordon. Cause I don't know if Terry's going to be consistent the whole season, but I like where he's at right now. I like the drive that he has and um, you know, he doesn't quit, but if Gordon stays healthy, I'll, I'll go with him. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the way I lean as well. I guess obviously a lot of it does depend on his health. Big pickup for the Hornets, and obviously they're paying him a lot. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that statement. Who will lead the Hornets in assist per game? I'm going to go with Devontae. Yeah. Now, if Melo was starting, I would probably pick him just because his passes are so pretty. But, uh, you know, limited minutes. See, I can't pick. You, you asked the wrong person yeah. to join your podcast. Sorry. I'm going with Sorry. Devante. He's going to be my leader and assist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tend to agree with that one as well. So, okay, taking into consideration, uh, it's a 72-game season. Uh, I'm going to set the over-under win total at 25 and a half games. I, I'm just setting this. I don't know if that's what Vegas set it at. But do you think okay. they're going to get more or less than 25 and a half wins? Mm, well, <laughs> I'm the eternal optimist. So I'll go with over, but I also did the same thing when we did our Hornets or it's not our Hornets, our Panthers Panthers preseason picks. I said eight and eight for that. So you might not want to roll with me when I do these (laughs) picks, (laughs) but it's hard for me to, you know, say something bad about the home team. And and I want to be optimistic. I, I really haven't enjoyed 
what I've seen the right. first few games. We have not played a complete four quarters. I would like to think we can get those issues addressed. It's not great that Cody Zeller's out with an injury, but yeah. hopefully he you know recovers quickly. It's a long season. I'll go. I'll go more, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> It's difficult because it's such a short off season and this team hasn't played together since March. I think you do have to give it time before you, obviously you can kind of make some kind of judgment on this team. So is it out of the question that they are, you know, in the playoff hunt? I would say, no, it's not out of the question, but uh, after these first couple of games, definitely uh, not pretty to watch so far, but I I think they'll put it together. Now, something new this year, the NBA is giving teams the ability to make the playoffs if they are in the ninth or 10th spot with that play-in game. True or false, Charlotte will finish in the top 10 in the East and have the ability to make the playoffs. Well, my New Year's resolution for the team is playoffs or bust. Okay. So I'll say true. I, I love how optimistic you are. I love it. I love it. It's the okay. only way to be. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Fill, fill in the blank here. This kind of relates to what you just said. For the Charlotte Hornets to make the playoffs, they must what? Ooh. There's so many things I want to say yeah, that's right true. now. I mean, for me, it's just four quarters of of playing good ball on both sides, right? Like, I just – there's that one quarter where we always fall apart. Last year, I think it was we couldn't do the third quarter, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, even in their, their home opener. Okay, we waited to the last two and a half minutes to decide we were in this thing. Like, so I, I think they just have to find a way to play complete basketball for four quarters. Yeah, I would agree. I think against the Cleveland – uh, Cavaliers, it was the second quarter that messed them up. Yeah. And then against the Thunder, it was the third quarter that, that just kind of totally went off the rails. All right, last question, Ashley. Who is your favorite Charlotte Hornet of all time? Or who is the Hornet that you think of when someone says the Charlotte Hornets? Well, again, there's a lot. But for me, it's going to be Muggsy. Just because I have, um, I've gotten to know the Bogues family from living in Charlotte and doing stories. And I think it's so cool that he still lives in Charlotte. He's constantly out in the community giving back. You might see him at the games. So so for me, I think, you know, Muggsy is who's going to come to mind. And his story is just so great. And, you know, throwing it back to Space Jam, you might see him in, in that movie. You know, that's part of my childhood and, yeah. and all that good stuff. But, you know, before we started this, I had to go get my new t-shirt of course this was pretty legendary too and i think people in charlotte still talk about it and uh, you know lj and everything that he did and being a number one overall pick and we even saw miles bridges a few years ago in the duck contest show some love to him so there's so many so many awesome people i think that have come through kimba of course because that's who i covered the most in my time here but for me mugsy see you had i, I really I, I hope you don't have to edit this that i've given you 10 answers for everything <laughs> I did not realize that you were just so wishy-washy and you could not decide on one. So no, I would agree. Yeah. This one, this one is difficult. Cause like, if you did have to choose a a favorite one of all time, when I was growing up, Baron Davis was my favorite player. But like, if you got to go back to the past, I think Muggsy Bogues is probably the one player that like, if you just were to think of the Hornets, maybe Del Curry, maybe Larry Johnson, but Muggsy just sticks out as kind of the, the player that kind of represents the Hornets in those early 90 teams, um, just very unselfish. He can pass the ball. And obviously his height kind of sticks out to everyone in terms of just, you know, him being able to do it at that, you know, five. What is it? What, what, I don't even know how tall he was. What was he? Do you know? You remember? Like five, three, right? Five, that's what I thought. Okay. I'm just yeah. making I was saying that in my head. And I was like, wait, there's no way he was five, three, but I guess he was. So. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, you're I right. believe that's it. When you say it, that, that makes sense. All right, Ashley, thanks for joining BuzzBeat today. Before we go, I'll give you an opportunity to plug anything you've got going on, your social media accounts or any stories that you're working on. The floor is yours. 
Oh, all right. Well, you can follow me on social media, Twitter. It's at Astro, Instagram, Ash.Stro, because someone had my username already. But <laughs> um, and of course, you can always catch me on WCNC Charlotte doing sports at 6 and 11. If I'm not there, Nick Carboni will be there. And thanks so much for having me. This was fun. Uh, we'll have to do it again. And I promise I'll keep my answers to one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks again, guys, for joining us. And we will see you guys next time. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.